1: Welcome back in, everybody, right here to the Early Line, giving you the winning edge on SportsGrid. I'm Dane Martinez, joined, as always, by my main man, Kevin Walsh. And, Kev, we got more games to break down, but I also want to talk about other things that were, you know, kind of making news and headlines over the weekend in the NFL. And we got to look to the coaching ranks, right? Last week, two of the head coach openings were filled. We talked about them on this show. The Jets making the move, hiring Robert Salah. Also, uh, what else happened? The Jags formally announced their hire of Urban Meyer. But over the weekend, we saw that Atlanta also made a hire official. They went at it. They're going to get Tennessee Titans' former offensive coordinator, Arthur Smith. We all know his dad is like the heir to the FedEx, you know, kind of – I don't know, uh, fortune, shall we say. Also, a lot of people like what Arthur Smith was able to do in Tennessee. Not only that scheme with Derrick Henry, but developing Ryan Tannehill after he was with Adam Gaze. So we like what he is doing. He is now the head coach of the Atlanta Falcons. That leaves four teams still with openings, Kev.
2: Yeah, you know, this is, um, man, this is something, Dane. I tell you right now, we talk a lot on this show about the issues that exist for minorities in the NFL and their attempt to get head coaching jobs. Yes, sir. And it is absolutely a problem. You really shouldn't be arguing it at this point. I will say, though, having said that, it also seems to be a detriment to have your team advance too far in the postseason. Yeah. How the Chargers... Went from Brian Dabble is basically a done deal, the Bills' offensive right. coordinator, to become their head coach, to they have now locked up the Rams' defensive coordinator, Brandon Staley, in the matter yeah. of 24 hours, is completely puzzling to me. I don't understand what happened here. Like, we know that the offensive guys are more valuable, we know that Justin Herbert has become the most important player in this franchise. Right. I understand that what Staley did with the Rams defense was excellent. I understand that defense is an important part of the puzzle. What happened? What ha- like it's crazy to me that this like you can't go too far. I always talk about because Josh McDaniel's name is now thrown around in the mix for possible right. Eagles head coaches here. And it reminds me of the fact that the Eagles lost Frank Reich. The year that they went to the Super Bowl in the offseason, yes. not because anybody hired him, but because McDaniels bailed on them right. and everybody else was hired. The so then the Colts yeah. went, who's left? And then they went to Reich. You, apparently, it, it, like maybe, not really, maybe the problem for Eric B. Enemy is that the hmm. Chiefs keep going too far. Not really. But you see what I'm saying here? Like, I don't know how this keeps happening. You've got to pounce. But it's another piece of the equation where just, again, there's a lot of issues clearly with the hiring process in the NFL. But the lack of patience, like, what are we
1: doing? Yeah, no, I'm with you, Kev, on a number of levels. One, it's ridiculous that uh, what the Jets did with Robert Salah actually earns the 49ers and the Jets' compensatory draft picks because they decided to actually hire a man of color to be a head coach. This has to be incentivized at this level, sure cool we can talk about that on another time as we welcome in our radio audience from around the country around the globe big shout out to all of our affiliates i'm dane martinez the spitting statistician we got the candle burner kevin walsh giving you everything you need here for the winning edge here on the early line big shout out to sirius xm channel 204 but the other thing like you say right if i'm gonna look for this coach this is a guy that i think is gonna be my guy for the next what five to ten years hopefully right so if i'm playing this long game what's the Problem with waiting another week? I don't get it. I say this all the time, Kev. Like in the fantasy world, okay? You spent three months prepping your fantasy football draft, and then after like two weeks, you want to move away from your second-round pick. You know what I mean? Like play the long Hmm. game here a little bit more. Now all of a sudden, like you say in this scenario, maybe Brian Dable is not available still for the Chargers, right? Or because he's still with the Bills and they move on, or Bienemy is still involved, right? Or anybody on. you know like todd bowles was even getting interviews but no if you think you're gonna have this guy be your leader for eight years can't you wait another week to kind of like you know have a thorough process i'm with you but what do you think about some of these coaches and coordinators who are on teams that are still playing Mm -hmm. you mentioned the you mentioned dable do you think that they are lying in wait in um you know call it uh detroit even though it sounds like dan campbell may be the guy there are they laying in wait for the houston texans what do you think is happening with some of these candidates we've heard about whose teams are in the championship game this sunday
2: yeah so the eagles are in a situation where they're going to be interviewing todd bowles and we know the bucks are continuing uh their playoff journey we'll talk about that shortly i've been uh awaiting how that conversation will go about that game it'll be interesting to get into Uh, but it almost is this weird situation now like the two teams because yeah it looks like the lions and dan campbell that's going to be the marriage i actually think it might have been confirmed even last night to the point where like it is a done deal finalized the texans and the eagles the eagles really have no rush here because the other team might trade to sean watson what's the rush interview everybody seven times who cares You're you're really the only game in town. So we'll see what kind of approach Philly takes, and we'll see if the Texans can land a coach before this Deshaun Watson decision goes final because that looms large.
1: Yeah, I saw that it has changed from the least desirable job to the most undesirable job, and I wouldn't want it either. Remember, we talked about this ranking it ourselves. We'll tell you more what we're talking about as it relates to Deshaun Watson after this. back in everybody right here to the early line giving you the winning edge on sports grid i'm dane martinez a spitting statistician with me as always is the candle burner kevin walsh we were talking a little bit about these head coaching openings and kev you are right the only two that are left right now officially because we do think dan campbell is going to wind up being in detroit you talked about the moves out of los angeles over the weekend so we've got houston and philly left and and kev I remember a couple of weeks ago when we were like ranking the head coaching openings. At that point, Philly wasn't even an open job, but there was a back and forth we had. I had Houston up high, I remember, and you were like, "Eh, I don't know about that. (laughs) And the clarification I made was I think it's a bad GM job, but as a coach, I get to coach Deshaun Watson, which was better than Herbert or the number one pick or any other asset that these other coaches would have. And I said, for me, if Houston has Deshaun Watson, that's the job I want. Well... Houston may not have Deshaun Watson for much longer. It seems, and Kev, you know, it's the offseason, right? And tensions run high. And sometimes people think after time passes, you know, every year we hear that somebody's going to separate and then like, oh, it doesn't actually happen. But Kev, this seems like there could be fire more than just smoke. We know Deshaun Watson was not happy with kind of like not being involved in some of the coach uh search or even the gm search he was told that he was going to be on some of these zoom interviews and was not we already know he has they have traded away all of deshaun's buddies on the houston texans and listen these are the prime years of this man's career talk to me kev Mm. percent chance that in fact this is all true and deshaun watson has played his last down for the houston texans
2: 80 i I
1: don't want to go crazy over 50.
2: Absolutely. Let's
1: just, you I think mean, this is happening? look,
2: all we can do, Dan, all we can do is read the reports. That's I all did. we can do, okay? At the end of the day, I'm not on a phone call. I'm not Adam Schefter. Adam Schefter says there's a growing belief that he has played his last snap for the Texans. They're gone as far as to talk about, hey, everybody, the Jets basically have enough to get this deal done. I mean, that's as far as we've advanced in this whole hypothetical. I mean, this looks like he's going to be on his way out. And the Texans have only themselves to blame. First of all, they're the ones that let Bill O'Brien somehow be coaching GM of this team. That's on them. You mentioned DeAndre Hopkins is gone. Will Fuller's a free agent. Very likely won't be back. JJ Watt, Dane, You talked about the you know being the head coach of the GM. If I made you GM, what's the one move you said you would make? right get rid of JJ, J.J. Watt. Yeah, and his seventeen yeah, million right?
1: dollars. Yep, yeah. that'll get me. You that think space. that's gonna keep him around?
2: You think Deshaun, <laughs> you get rid of JJ, and I understand it's a move you kind of gotta make. Except you're not gonna make it and keep Deshaun happy. It ain't gonna happen. So he wants out. The whole league wants him. You're in a no-win situation. Hit the reset button. That's what it's gotta be. And I know people are gonna say, "Yeah, but can you really get rid?" In an ideal world, no, you don't get rid of a guy as good as Deshaun Watson, the top five quarterback. I understand that, but here we are. Here we are. This is what they've put themselves in. Yeah, at this
1: point, I expect Deshaun Watson to be moved. Wow. Wow. You know what I mean? And, like, think about this, right? Like a a Hmm. (laughs) almost universally recognized top five quarterback in the NFL who's literally into the prime of his career – and they can't hold on to the man, right? (laughs) It, it, It sounds Ridiculous. Yet this may be where we are from. You also say like, you know, this isn't, you know, I'm not Schefter. Schefter is playing this out a little bit more. And if we trust Schefter, like you said, there's even teams that could be out there. Earlier last week, we talked about like the idea of the Miami Dolphins. We've talked about the idea of the Denver Broncos. I think any team, you've said all 32 teams. Well, I would put it more as like probably something like 25 or 26. But you're right. And they are now even saying potentially, what about, Kev, the New York Jets? One thing I know, <laughs> they've got enough draft capital to potentially make this happen. They got a young quarterback they could send back, and they've got the cap space to take on Deshaun's contract. Not because I'm a Jets fan here, but it does sort of make some sense in terms of some of the assets. Where do you think makes sense for Deshaun Watson, if indeed you do think he's on the move?
2: Please stop qualifying things. You don't need to. Don't entertain the idea that this is a biased conversation. They keep talking about your Jets. And I know you're excited about it, but it's also who we're talking about. Now, I will say the quote you delivered is one I will not forget. When I just said I thought he was going to leave and you responded with, wow, wow, you know what I mean? That is a Jets fan, though, going, oh, my God. This guy could be wearing green next year. And that's I'm how you should feel. And that's how every single team should feel. Yet. No, no. <laughs> yeah. The thing is, though, that's, that's like when someone goes, hey, don't think about penguins. And all you're thinking about is penguins. Hey, don't think about the Sean Watson as a jet. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Like, yeah. Guess what? You should think about it. Now, there's an interesting conversation to be had as to whether or not this is the correct move for the New York Jets. Deshaun Watson is not going to come for free. That, that is not. for sure. That, that is not. for sure. And there is a world where
1: you can. I've got move multiple first-round picks, though, Kev. This year, sure. next year, year. I yeah. mean, like I could give you a first this year, a first next year, a player, and like another draft pick, and it, and I still
2: yeah
1: would have bullets in the chamber to help sure. rebuild the defense, add depth on the offensive line. Ooh. Oh yeah. And I would have Deshaun
2: Watson. Absolutely. And when we look at the AFC East, you have the Bills who are in the conference title game. That looks like that could hold, right? Josh Allen isn't going anywhere. Sure. The Patriots, no man's land. And the Dolphins are the ones making the same phone calls that Absolutely. you are. Yep. So. This feels like a race to get up there with the Bills. Now, again, the Jets can get there other ways. Draft Justin Fields, he hits LaFleur saves Sam Darnold. Okay, maybe. It's now that's the thing. The Jets have options. But yes, unequivocally, undeniably, one of their options is a top five quarterback in football. Undeniably, the Sean Watson and the Jets is a real conversation.
1: Well, thanks for saying that, Kev, uh, so that I didn't have to be the person who said that. But, you know, and here's the other part. When you say Josh Allen, they ain't going anywhere, Right. Look at what we just talked about, how, like, Baker was the oldest quarterback in the AFC divisional round. Yeah. You know, when we think about it, Baker ain't going anywhere. That's Josh Allen ain't going anywhere. Lamar Jackson ain't, ain't going anywhere. Oh, yeah. I don't think Patty Mahomes is going anywhere hmm. either. So what do you need? And and even, you know, Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, the AFC is Trevor flushed. Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, probably. Yes, the AFC is flush with young stud quarterbacks. Oh, and guess what? Deshaun Watson is definitely one of those that belong in that conversation on the same level. I think it is very, very interesting. But listen, once the games are done, right? I mean, I don't know if you saw this report out of Indianapolis. The GM Ballard's going to talk to Philip Rivers in about a month to see if he's going to, like, kind of come back or whatever, right? When the dust settles on the Super Bowl and after the confetti falls, we're going to have plenty of time, Kev, to talk about all of this and the kind of moving pieces, the carousel, right? But, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, if you want to compete, the AFC where all these generational 20-somethings are. Go get yourself a generational 20-something yourself. When we come back though, Kev, on the other side of the break, we're going to talk about generational 40-somethings over in the NFC that are still kind of doing it. One of them will advance, and we are hearing Hmm. the other one has probably played his final game. And Kev, I got to tell you the truth. The way I saw that man walking off the field, literally blowing kisses to the fans in the Dome make me think that Drew Brees is done and we talk about what the Saints need to do to hit the reset button and we talk about what this Tom Brady Bruce Arians Tampa Bay Buccaneers team does as they move on to Lambeau Field we'll break down the main event of the weekend Saints Bucks when we come back right here on the early line giving you the winning edge on Grid. Welcome back in everybody right here to the early line giving you the winning edge on Sports Grid. I'm the spitting statistician Dane Martinez. We got Kevin Walsh as well here as always breaking it all down. We got the fourth game of the weekend. Everybody was looking at this one at the top of the marquee because you know Drew Brees and Tom Brady who will be gliding into the Hall of Fame. The one and two all-time passers in yards and touchdowns and all sorts of other stats faced off for the third time this season and the Tampa Bay Bucs finally get a victory. They go into the dome and win 30 to 20 now kev i know we have talked about this i know we know what teams we were liking in this game and i also know the narrative about like oh the third time they play each other that was sufficiently debunked last week on this network i think it was something like 14 and 7 for the team that had done the sweep to again win on the third time Mm -hmm. that is not what i am going to say here okay there are two things i think led to this bucks victory right One is, yeah, I do still think that they're a little bit better offensively after their week 13 bye, although it was not the offense that won this game, right? I mean, Ronald Jones was running hard. They had a rotating backs with Fournette. You know, Brady was dinking and dunking a little bit, but I don't think that the offense is what won this game for Tampa, Kev. I think it was the defense. I think it was the defense that won this game for Tampa. I know they give up 20 points, but to me, this was the piece of playing an opponent for the third time that mattered. They knew Drew Brees couldn't push the ball downfield anymore. I think they knew Drew Brees could not push the field down, the ball downfield anymore. They've played him twice already. If you thought about it, last week the only time they went downfield on that bomb, it was Taysom Hill who threw it. The only downfield pass um, yesterday was thrown by Jameis Winston. Okay? And I believe we saw the Saints and their secondary creep further and further up throughout the game and he could not push it downfield and then he started turning the ball over. I I think we know that it is time for Drew Brees. And I think on the third matchup of the year, the Bucs defense and Todd Balls were going to force Drew Brees to beat them over the top. If he could, they would tip their cap. But ultimately, in my opinion, they could not. All right. The Tampa Bay offense did not look as good as it has, like you said, in that last four when they were playing Atlanta twice and other teams. Mm. But they still did enough to win. And Tom Brady and the crew now survive and advance the Lambeau Field.
2: So if they needed a third game to find out that Drew Brees couldn't push the ball down the field, uh, that's hilarious because I feel like this was evident very early on in the year. I'm glad you mentioned the debunking of the hard-to-beat-a-team three times because I have talked about this. Uh, it is a weird thing that happens. I give Scott Wetzel credit. There is something that happens, but when everybody finds out about a trend, it just goes the other way. All of a sudden, everybody finds out now, hey, easy to beat a team three times goes the other way it's a weird thing it makes me uncomfortable also as far as like like, I'm not gonna come in here and say I was right or wrong about anything when it comes I don't know if there's a single person that got me to pick a side this game I don't like either one of these teams I kind of came to the realization that I think part of the reason why I have liked the Green Bay Packers for so long
1: Right. Yes like is the how good Eagles they are. Kind of thing, right?
2: yeah. yeah, I just hate the rest of the NFC. Like this was almost like somebody was going to play them in the NFC championship. They couldn't just get a bye. Somebody had to get there. It happens to be Tampa Bay. What is interesting about this game, because this, we've, this team and I guess the Patriots, maybe the two teams, maybe not, but I think they feel like the two teams, context versus results. All year long, we've talked context versus results. I think part of the reason why the Bucks are consistently a context team for me, when they brought in Tom Brady, this is not a team where it is, hey, did you win? Cool, great. It is about context moving further. They are a Super Bowl contender. They have eyes towards the Super Bowl. If I remember correctly, I believe you're positioned on them to win the Super Bowl, right? No, There's the a lot of people. The NFC. The, the NFC. NFC, gotcha. Okay. But there's a lot of people so who made a similar yeah, I'm position. Home. <laughs> no, you're where you need to be, excited for you. But that is why I am always kind of what's in front of me, what's ahead. Because that's what matters for Tampa Bay. And we'll talk about what's ahead. But in terms of what happened here, they won this game in a way that I think many people, even the biggest of the Bucks backers, would be surprised. It was their defense, a defense that really had not been playing well at all. A defense that allowed Taylor Heineke to put up a performance where it's almost a foregone conclusion this guy gets a job somewhere. Not as a starter, so but someone's going to make that the guy third their backup.
1: That? Does that help that defensively to know what to do? It has to do with, I think, and I'm not going to take – look, they,
2: they made plays, but there's a reason why – I can't trust the Saints. That old man and that old arm just start to go. The deeper we get into the season. Like, the stuff that we've expected to happen to Tom Brady for the last, I don't know, five years doesn't happen to him, but it happened to Peyton, and it's happened to Drew Brees. Just can't trust that guy. Can't trust this Saints team. This is who they are, okay? They scored less points than Taylor Heineke did against this same defense. They, like... But that's what happened in this game. Drew Brees was horrendous, horrendous in this football. He averaged less than four yards per attempt. I mean, it, ugh! it is sickening to even utter those words. What a horrendous performance. Now, as far as Tampa goes from a context moving forward perspective, their offense was awful as well. Awful, 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 awful. They scored three touchdowns. All of them came off turnovers. Average yep. yards to go on Definitely. their touchdown drives, 21 yards. Good like, they the they turnovers. were one of three teams this whole postseason that didn't have a drive that went 70 yards in length. Not a 70, yard, just 70 yards on a drive, one of three teams this postseason. The other two, Ravens and Bills this week in that absolute right. slug. Tampa Bay averaged less yards per play than their opponent in the Saints, heineke's led washington team and trubisky's led bears team the offense was awful but if this team can create turnovers like that you got a shot versus anybody no doubt about it
1: yeah fair enough listen the other part of this game that i do want to mention from the tampa bay side again and everyone loves the bells and whistles of tampa bay tom brady mike evans gronk ab kev they ran the ball yesterday and they ran the ball effectively ronald jones who you know was kind of up in the air or like limited he was running tough for net was breaking off some runs or at least keeping them on schedule as well and i hear next weekend it's going to be snowing in lambeau field right so this run game i do think is important when you talk about the old man and i say that the division team maybe decided or were more comfortable kind of pushing their luck think about it in another name mm. That we're talking about as an elderly quarterback who fell prey to this this season and we saw it in the offense kev was big ben roethlisberger right we were like why isn't they throwing the ball down the field anymore why aren't they doing this it's just dink and dunk and then eventually who banged them out division rival cleveland who may have been onto it and been like you know what Let's tempt fate here, right? And I think the Bucks did some yeah. of the same thing. We've got plenty of time to talk about Tom Brady and the Bucks and their trek to Lambeau Field. Let's talk a little bit more about the Saints because the critical question, like I said, you know, Drew Brees is blowing kisses out there as he exits the field. A lot of reports before the game that this would be his swan song. But as of yet, we haven't heard anything formal just yet. Kev, I believe Drew Brees will announce his retirement and what a career it has been but i want to ask you about the saints in 2021 without drew Brees. is this Jameis winston Taysom hill or something else how does sean payton hit the reset button
2: yeah it'll be interesting to see i fully expect breeze to retire i don't really even he's know he's already got
1: a contract with nbc so. i think to be like football yeah,
2: night in america like if you're this yeah if, if you're the saints you really can't run this back like this, no, is a, like, this is every time. year. You it's end the time. year going, wow, this guy can't throw the football anymore. It's you fine. know, Breeze apparently looked to Jameis, this is your team next year. Tell that to Sean Payton and Taysom Hill. I'm sure, by the way, the Saints will be revving up the excuse machine that they win this game if Taysom Hill is available because that's what these jabronis like Let to do. Murray they take no out. accountability for their yeah. own losses. But the Saints are in an awful, awful cap position. And... Jameis Winston is not coming back for $2 million. There's right. just no way. That can't be. I, I will call Jameis personally something. and tell him, hey, brother, there's got to be more money out there somewhere. Hold out No man. way, no how. <laughs> like, come on. So, I think, I mean, this team's going to roll it back with Taysom Hill. I, I mean, I don't know what they're going to do financially. It would not surprise me if next season is an ugly one for the New Orleans Saints. Wouldn't surprise me at all. Also, and it's worth mentioning, Michael Thomas, also mm. known as and certainly known as Shut Slant out. Boy to the Tampa Bay mm-hmm. Buccaneers, this is the type of performance that can linger to me. Pascal Siakam was awful in the bubble. And it was mm. awful to start the year. And you start to ask questions. Now, I'm not telling you I'd sell every share of Michael Thomas you could ever invest in, but, Dane, I think when – you start to crack into your you know fantasy rankings yep. and research as you know you do to help everybody you know get through their fantasy yeah. seasons this is going to be a tough rank tough rank for a guy that was clear cut number 1
1: yeah. And listen, there's going to be a tough ranks for everybody. Thomas, Kamara, like he'll be amazing, right? But remember, this this offense over the last however many years, Drew Brees was breaking completion percentage marks. Every okay. Year. That's what Every this year. offense is predicated on. You say Slant Boy, Kamara, right? With a guy who's less accurate than Drew Brees and whoever you bring in in NFL history, it likely will be that, mm-hmm. right? You will have to revamp how this offense wants to move the ball and win. I agree with you. It may look different, and Sean Payton may have his toughest coaching task next year. But when we come back, listen, it's a big day in the NBA. We turn our attention to the MLK holiday in the association when we come back. Welcome back in, everybody, right here to the early line, giving you the winning edge on SportsGrid. Big shout-out to all of our affiliates, the mightier 1090s, so many places to stream and see our beautiful faces bright and early in the morning. And, of course, SiriusXM channel 204. Well, Kev, division weekend, we'll put it to bed. We've got all week to talk about some of the moving and the shaking that may happen. Where will the Saints go at quarterback? Are the Tampa Bay Buccaneers a different team moving forward? And most Mm -hmm. importantly, the updates on the health of Patrick Mahomes. We will be here to cover it all weekend and week long as we go into Championship Sunday. You know, Kev, today is also Martin Luther King Day, right? And, uh, you know... Thank you to waking up early and listening and watching us. If you are off today, Kevin and I are not because we got to continue to bring you the heat. But it is also, Kev, it's a day that in the NBA is kind of always interesting, right? We get the noon game at Madison Square Garden. We usually have a relatively full slate. I know there's a couple of games postponed because of... COVID and teams still dealing with that but I think we got like eight or nine games on the slate and they do this all the time on Martin Luther King Day you're gonna be watching some afternoon basketball today Kev
2: if uh if I'm awake absolutely but you know me I'll be tuned into <laughs> the NBA uh there's a nap not far around the corner uh but uh I, you know I'm pumped for it I love the NBA middle of the day NBA love it love it love it
1: There you go, and you see the Martin Luther King uh, schedule here today as they are building it around honoring Dr. Martin Luther King, and I completely agree with that. The one at 7.30, Kev, looks to be the prime-time matchup at the top of the marquee. So many ways to break this down. The Brooklyn Nets are at home in Barclays. I don't know who's going to be there, right? We don't know if Kyrie's going to be there, James Harden, uh, you know, KD, the new big three, definitely bigger than a moderately sized big three, Kev, but they will be facing oh, the Milwaukee yeah. Bucks. Giannis coming in. They are two-point Ducks coming in. 237.5 is the total. What do you think about this one? Two big-time teams matching up on Dr. Martin Luther King Day.
2: Yeah, this is an incredibly exciting game here. Monster total, 237.5. The yeah. Bucks are slight road favorites. But The first thing that we are going to be waiting on and very well could make this game, I don't want to say unbettable, but it would be difficult to make your position before finding out if Kyrie Irving will be playing. He was upgraded from out to questionable. I still don't think he plays, and I'm going to kind of assess this game if he doesn't, because if he does, it really because throws a lot of things not,
1: everything you're about to say, off. And out. I'm going to work off the assumption here.
2: he is not going to play. Let's start props, though, because there are two that stand out to me. One of these I was taking notice of before Harden's arrival. And that is our good friend, Mr. Kevin Durant, over two-and-a-half threes. This number is still checking in at plus money, Dane. KD like that. is shooting seven or eight threes a game, and he was going under consistently. KD's way too good of a shooter. Two of seven, two of seven from three. It's yeah. Kevin Durant. He's now made three or more threes in three consecutive games. In my opinion, as long as this is plus money, you keep playing that to the over we also noticed that in that first game with James Harden KD a little bit more of a scorer, 42 Mm. points in that matchup with the Orlando Magic now I think if we play the threes again he went five for eight in that game against Orlando that's why I really like the three prop but the points prop could be valuable as well James Harden though James Harden 32 14 and 12 Hmm. what a monster game let me give you some numbers on James Harden though He's not going to be very excited to see the Milwaukee Bucks. Harden's last three games, and I'm going off the last three games because to me, it's two seasons of this iteration best team in basketball, Milwaukee Bucks. I'm right, slightly dude. discounting the first game because one, the numbers come off better when you take away what was a great first game, but also they got a game to dude, adjust the Harden. I like.
1: That. Listen, you can make data say. Listen, whatever you I'm
2: being want. honest. Transparency. Take that for
1: data. data. Bring my inner Fizdale involved.
2: Three games, his last three games versus the Bucks, he's averaging only 22 points per game on 16 of 53 shooting. I know you're the math guy. You probably already know, but I did it pre-show, 30% 34? from the field. Whew, I mean, I'm almost worried about my calculator now. But it was 30% <laughs> from the field, James. Like 30%, 20 to a game. You can't get involved in the props market here. Too volatile for me. But I'll look to the assist market. Eight and a half is the number, and it is plus money to the over. Harden in those three games, seven assists, 14 assists, seven assists. I know he was under twice, but now he comes to Brooklyn, 14 assists in game one. Here's the thing about Harden. Everyone thinks he's just this super, super selfish player. He's one of the best passers in basketball. Just needs guys mm. to get the ball to, right? And they traded Clint Capella on him. That's the main guy who was throwing assists to. Eight and a half. Again, I need Kyrie to be out. But if he is out, that is going to be the number that I will look to As far as the sides and totals here, the total is 237.5. Dane, the Nets, on average, their games, 232 points scored. When you just combine the mm. points that they score in the point. I mean, 232, yeah. are you crazy? Are you absolutely insane? Now you enter a Milwaukee Bucks team that has, on a given night, the ability to put up a buck 30? I know this number's high. You know what number was also high? When the Hawks played the Nets in Brooklyn. Number was almost two forty. They scored two eighty. I think you got to hmm. take a piece of the over.
1: That's interesting. You know, we even talk about this like in football when we see a slate on a Sunday. Like, do you go over on the highest total and under on the sure. lowest total? Sometimes these these totals are up there for a yeah. reason. You know what I thought of when you talked about like Harden just needing guys to pass to and play with, and then he could morph into like what looks like a team player. I'm reminded of Carmelo yeah. Anthony and the way people talked about like, oh, when he was on Team USA, he's amazing, right? Like doing what yeah. he's supposed to do, playing defense, boarding, you know, playing his role and. Instead of like the ISO hero ball that he would play for the Knicks. Does that hold water to you? The fact that maybe now that Harden has other people around him. He may morph into a different style. I'm trying to find out what are these nets at their height. Not the box score necessarily right. But what are they going to look like? What's the flow going to look like? What is it going to look like watching this team offensively? Because listen KD will drop 40. Sure. But if Harden is dropping triple doubles right. That speaks to me like you're saying maybe he gets it. And understands the Mm -hmm. opportunity he has with this big three being maybe the team people think can, in fact, challenge the Lakers.
2: James Harden has been recognized as the best scorer in basketball for a good stretch now, right? You know who could challenge him for that title? Durant. Harden, since he's been in Houston, (laughs) no, that's what I'm saying, right? Like, since he's been in Houston, him being the lead scorer is the only option. Here it's a little bit different, and he's a better passer than Kyrie is. So Harden can be on ball, but he can move it around a little bit. Now, again, Kyrie worries me on court, off court. I get it. I don't know what this dude's going to look like on this court, okay? I still buy into some of the rumors that I don't know how happy he was about this team looking to bring in James Harden. This is more of a KD move than a Kyrie move, in my Mm -hmm. opinion. But I think James Harden being a willing passer in Brooklyn is very likely.
1: All right. Fair enough. As I look at the slate, I also talked about could this iteration of the Nets challenge the Lakers. I want to talk about the Lakers. They have the biggest spread on the board tonight, and they finish up. Mm And what is also like on Martin Luther King Day, it's not Christmas, but they give you good matchups. So we got Steph Curry and the Golden State Warriors going to Los Angeles. This is kind of a showtime game, right? If fans were in the stands, we'd be seeing all the stars for this one. But the Lakers have an eight and a half point spread that they need to cover 226 is the total What say you kev
2: i'm actually really excited to get your opinion on what i'm going to bring to the table on this game because you always do a good job keeping me honest i feel like i do a pretty good job when it comes to the lakers telling you if i like them or not this is actually the spot where i think you back the lakers here's why the lakers have now covered four games in a row in that stretch they have held their opponent under their team total in all four games we talked about this here on the show the defense starting to turn the corner. They were a little bothered by their performances in San Antonio uh, against or at with San Antonio at home, and they seemingly are starting to turn that corner. Best defensive team in basketball. It's exactly what they look like. Their opponent, though, is crucial here. The Warriors yet to cover as a road dog. Kind of a situation where they get the card pulled when they step up and competition comes. Ah. Against above 500 teams, they are 2-5 and five against the number. Here's the part that I think you will like, and that's the reason why I'm excited. The two covers, Dane, playing the same team the second, night, the second time mm. in three days in their own building. They lost the first game to the Blazers, came back around, got gotcha. the cover. Lost that game to the Clippers, came back around, got a cover. So almost a little bit fluky, like how bad could they All be? Right. They kind of had to cover by default. I know it's a big number here, but the Lakers have playing
1: that level of basketball to where, to me, they are the side in this game. That's interesting to me. When you talk about that back-to-back, you know, the zigzag theory in the NBA, you know I do believe in that. And then when you combine that, We're not talking four and a half, Kev. We're not talking three and a half. We're talking eight and a half here. Um, I I could see a path where I could get to the window on the Golden State Warriors, like you said, in the second time around and with eight and a half. Also on this slate, Kev, I know you are very intrigued by Mr. Dame Dollar and his potential against the San Antonio Spurs because, you know, his running mate won't be there. And we have seen in the past, Dame Dollar's like, usage rate? Sure. Bring it on.
2: Yeah. I am I am so, so, so excited about this here. Uh, just because you go, sometimes you're doing your research, you're doing your notes, right? And all of a sudden you come across answers in a way that you couldn't have even imagined here. So over the weekend, I'm sure some people missed this. Not everybody's following the NBA when it hits the weekend. NFL, I get sure. it. C.J. McCollum got hurt. One of the <laughs> things we talked about last week is that C.J. McCollum was averaging more points per game than Damian Lillard, right. which is ridiculous. But C.J. was having that kind of season. Well, now C.J.'s out. Well, what does that mean for Damian Lillard? It means a big-time boost in usage, but also the props market will adjust. Right, Dane? The over-under for threes is 4.5, minus 132 juice to the over. How about points? 33 and a half points. Oof. So I did a little bit of research. Last year, four games missed by C.J. McCollum. The first game, 34 points, 12 assists, by the way, six made threes. Then CJ missed three in a row. Damian went and scored 34, 61, and 47. <laughs> Made five over. or more threes in all three of those games. And guess what, Dane? It didn't stop there. For those that remember, Damian Lillard had an MVP stretch before the bubble where everyone was like, oh, my God. Is this guy going to keep right, doing this? High. And he kept yeah, doing it. It was a seven-game run where he went over the three prop and the points prop. And in fact, what happened on their last game, CJ left at half. Lillard scored 36. The start of this run came against the Dallas Mavericks. McCollum left at half. Damian again scored 34. This has been the low number, Dane, since he plays games without CJ McCollum. To me, I know the numbers are high, I actually think it could be fair to say they haven't set the numbers high enough. Lillard over four and a half threes Lillard over 33 and a half points.
1: Fair enough. Kevin is metaphorically and quite literally pounding the table in support of Damian Lillard. Mm. And we will see what happens there, obviously, without CJ McCollum not to be outdone. My New York Knicks get it going early on today. Kev, I think we've jinxed them, though. I was all hyped about them. They were like 5-3. and three. Mm. They haven't won a game since. We'll see if they I do got some so Knicks stats for you. dogs uh, in the garden against the Orlando Magic. But when we come back here, Kevin, we'll tie a nice, neat little bow on this episode of Giving Everybody the Winning Edge. You on Sports Grid right here on the early line. Come on back after this.
0: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
1: Back everybody right here onto the early line, tying up this episode in a nice neat little bow, breaking it down into a fine powder, and then dropping that powder into our coffee to keep us going all day long here on Sports Grid, where you get everything you need here in the sports investment world. Kev, we got a big slate, a Martin Luther King slate here on yes, the sir. NBA. You know, anything else? We talked about some of the big time games. I even mentioned my Knicks. What are you looking at though? You got any uh I don't want to say locks, but anything you're really leaning to early on so far today? Yeah,
2: to just want just to give people a couple of numbers here. You mentioned the Knicks, right? That offense struggling. Yeah. Uh, their last three yeah. games, they scored 109, 103, 105. Three straight overs on their team totals. The numbers are super low. The Magic are 5-1-1 one one to the over on the road. Don't be scared. Super low number. We can get over that. The Hawks play the Timberwolves. Cat, yeah. out, COVID. Mm-hmm. Heartbreaking, please, like COVID, leave this dude yeah, alone. True. However, yeah, with Carl family. Anthony Towns, 3-1 and one against the number. Without him, 2-5 and five against the number. However, the Hawks have been awful as a favorite. You might just want to stick to the total here. The best under team in basketball, the Atlanta Hawks. 10-2 to the under, 8 in a row. The numbers are so, so, so high. Speaking of totals, take a look. See what they post that number at for the Rockets tonight. Oladipo making a debut. The Chicago mm. Bulls have been a good over team with old depot maybe John Wall maybe Eric Gordon back no more hard and pounding the rock a lot of fast athletes out on the perimeter they could be running could be an over game but we don't have a number just yet
1: Fair enough. I also wanted to bring up, you know, we were talking about the UFC a little bit. We will talk about the UFC a little bit more this week because Conor McGregor is back in action on Saturday. But you saw, Kev, you know, Dana White's reporting that he talked to Khabib. And, you know, maybe Khabib is interested. Real quick, I know we only got like 30 seconds or so. Mm -hmm. Do you think he is successful in luring Khabib Namarkomedov back out of retirement?
2: ultimately i just i'm wildly uncomfortable that i know he is trying to lure him out of retirement after giving his (laughs) reasons as to why he is retiring Uh, the comments were very vague we shall see
1: we'll talk about it for the rest of the week we'll also uh preview that connor and poirier fight we'll do it all and it'll happen on this network that's why we give you the winning edge